is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Well, still no Pompey games to review or look ahead to this evening, but thankfully we are approaching the final stages of this current international break. And it's been a week to remember for Blues forward Cassini Yengi, who recently became the 638th capped player for the Australian men's national team. Cap number 638, Cassini Yengi. What a proud moment. It's, it's amazing, honestly. It's a, the second time he's ever watched me play football and uh, happened to be my soccerer's debut. The 24-year-old and his national duties will be observed on tonight's show, on which we will also draw a close to this current international break. Discuss the January transfer window and look ahead to the forthcoming winter schedule for Portsmouth men. We will also be catching up with head coach of the Pompey women, Jay Sadler, who expresses his discontent towards his side's performance on Sunday, which resulted in an early exit from the Hampshire Cup. Football is about desire, decisions and details. I won't question the desire from the players, the application. However, in games you can maybe get away with poor detail or poor decision. You can't get away with both. Um, we weren't good enough. And this is a show we, of course, welcome the interaction of you tuning in from back home as well. Who replaces the injured Regan Paul for Pompey's upcoming League One fixtures? Would Sean Raggett or Riley Towler provide a permanent solution to that gap left in the Blues' defence? Or would you be looking toward a new signing in January? And with plenty of games pencilled in between now and the end of that January transfer window, how do you think John Bacino's side will fare across the Christmas and New Year period? Get in touch. 81400 is our text number. Make sure you start your messages with the word express. It's sport at expressfm.com on the emails. Alternatively, you can include at expressfm within your tweets or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. This is Express FM and you are very welcome to join us here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, a very good evening. Welcome on this Monday night to Express FM where you're listening to the Football Hour brought to you by our partners at Stagecoach South. After a week off due to the latest international break, which saw Saturday's scheduled meeting with Oxford United at the Kassam Stadium postponed, I'm pleased to say, but it is now officially match week. Though the Blues don't have a midweek game to get excited about, there are now just five days until they return to action at Fratton Park, where Blackpool will be waiting for John Messino's unbeaten table-topping side. We'll be looking ahead to that match in much greater detail on Friday night's edition of the Football Hour, with this evening's show really bringing more of a close to the recent international break. And we also have plenty of time, with no game to preview, to look into other topics as well, such as Pompey's Christmas and New Year schedule, as well as the January transfer window too. A little later on, we'll also catch up with the Portsmouth women's head coach, Jay Sadler, following yesterday's second round action in the Hampshire Cup. But... Before all of that, I suppose we better introduce tonight's guests, and it's an 1898 takeover this evening. Barry Clements from the 1898 blog joins the panel. Pa- uh, Barry, 
good start, isn't it? It's close, yeah. I've been called worse. <laughs> You've been called worse. Barry, good evening. How are we, Jake? You good? I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm a little bit scared. About? Look at the clock. Yeah, I mean, you've done a really good job of hyping up that we've got nothing to talk about other yeah. than England and Bournemouth loss. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's here too. Joe's here and all. I am <laughs> yeah. here. I am here. Joe, good evening. Welcome back. Lovely to be here, as per usual, Jake. Fortunately, I've got two people who can talk for England, so that's uh, yeah. that, that's a good start. Um, <laughs> Joe, we, we come to the end of this uh, you know, preferred international break of the season already. Good. There you go. <laughs> End of the show. Thank you all for joining us. Are you? <laughs> My next question was going to be: Are you pleased to see the back of it? Yeah. I'm assuming yes. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I think it's the international break does serve a purpose. We all kind of we do like watching England. It is something that you, you do kind of build up in your mind throughout the watching the Premier League and, and leagues around the world. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, it would be great in an England shirt. Can't wait to see them all together. And then you see them all together and you go, yeah, I remember why I didn't want to do this. Um, it's not the same as a World Cup, is it? It's not the same as a European tournament. Watching them qualify and have to play Malta, San Marino, go through all these really kind of tedious games... Just to, just to see them get to the, the tournament, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination they should just get a bye, but I just I get you, bored you, of it. You, you sound disappointed that they're progressing to tournaments. <laughs> no, I think, I, no, I think it's just... Just it, to see them get to the tournament. It's, it, we've moved on from an era of Steve McLaren's where in 2008 we didn't even make it to now it is kind of the expected thing, or yeah. oh, not if you're Italy. Um, but you just... I'm pleased it's done because now we can actually watch football that matters again. I think the other issue as well is this one feels particularly bad because we were supposed to have first versus second yeah. in in League yeah. One. It was supposed to be our yeah. biggest game of the season so far and instead we're watching Harry Kane's stat pad against Malta and North Macedonia and they can't even do that right because yeah. they have two shots on target. I mean, what are you doing? It's so dull. And we were supposed to see Pompey have their biggest game of the season. Yeah. And instead we're watching just dribble. It's crazy, though, isn't it, Barry? Because some or many do see the international breaks, particularly when it's qualifiers and obviously friendlies. But the performances are never fantastic during qualifiers. But as Joe mentioned, they, they get the job done. When it comes around to the Euros, when it comes around to the World Cup, particularly in recent years... You can't help but just get that excitement back and suddenly, you know, football's coming home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, t- tournament football is a, a, com- a complete beast on its own and it's incredible, especially when you get excited about England and when England do well, you know, as they did in the in, in two out of the last three tournaments, it, it's incredible and it's exciting and the whole nation gets gripped. You can't do that against, you know, in the in the qualifiers that we've had because, like Joe said, you're almost expecting to, to get through at least. But it's different as well because during those tournaments, you are swept up in the sort of festival of football. You're yeah. watching three or four games in a day of teams that you wouldn't normally watch. Mm. I don't know about you, but I'm not going out and deliberately seeking other nations' qualifiers to watch no. at, at two o'clock on, in the afternoon. You, it doesn't happen. No, you but would, if it's the World Cup, yeah. I am watching that game. You wouldn't normally watch Costa Rica versus South Korea. No, exactly. <laughs> um, what it has given... However, Joe, is is an opportunity for, for some of Pompey's players to, to get onto the international scene. 
one of which in this current international break stands out, of course, Cassini Yengi making his debut for the Australian Socceroos. That's an exciting name, isn't it? Socceroos. Um, he made his debut Thursday night in a 7-0 win over Bangladesh. Came off the bench, played 18 minutes. Um, didn't manage to get on the score sheet, but nonetheless a fantastic achievement for him. Yeah, great. It, you can't knock them for, for going and, and, and enjoying these moments. It's It's what it's about you 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 know you think the lad's probably played his whole life to get to that point um he's had to travel all the way around the world to play 18 minutes you know but so far I, I, so far you know i don't think he would bat an eyelid at doing that every time because that's what it means to people isn't it and good for him i mean his performance like everybody's at chesterfield was interesting mm-hmm. Um, every second touch was a tackle, but there were there were multiple players that had that that sort of thing levelled at them. But yeah, good for him. A, a question as well. We'll come back to Cassini Yengi, Barry. But whilst we're on the subject of Australia, it was something that was briefly mentioned on Friday's show. Cassini Yengi, deservedly so, not not taking anything away from him, getting into the Australia squad. But would you feel a little bit hard done by if you're Alex Robertson? Because arguably he's had a you know a much more consistent season. I know that's unfair on Cassini Yengi because he's had his injury, but. If he's in the squad, surely Robertson should be. Yeah, I mean, Joe and I spoke about this on on the way here. Um, Yeah, if you're Robertson, you feel extremely hard done by because you've had an unbelievable start to the season. Every game he looks better than the last. It's so clear to see that he is miles above this level um, and he is going to be a Premier League footballer. Um, So, yeah, I would have thought that the Socceroos would have wanted to have got him involved as early as possible and, and keep him around keep him around the camps as often as possible because it's so clear that he's going to be vital for them for the next 10 to 12 years. Hmm. Their midfield must be absolutely incredible <laughs> if you're going, no, nah, I don't fancy him actually. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Still got Harry Kill, mate. <laughs> yeah. I forgot you do your impression. We do accents you? all the time. <laughs> it needs to be done. We've got time to film. Any more? Uh, what do you want? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go to in, another nation and we'll sort it. Eight one four hundred on the text. Start your messages with the word "express." What voice do you want Barry Clemens <laughs> to be doing next? Uh, no, seriously though, please get involved because we've got so much time to talk about something between now and seven o'clock, and nobody's got involved so far. So that's fantastic, set and precedent. Um, Joe, you speak again. Speak to the international break. We talk about how it. Um, potentially disrupt Pompey's momentum and, and, and the confidence they build up at the start of the season to be unbeaten top of the table heading to that top of the table clash with Oxford United that's now postponed could you also see it on the other side it's a time to rest and recuperate or given Pompey's start do you just want to be playing week in week out um, I know you can't change it it's but... a bit it's a bit of six and one half a dozen the other isn't it because yeah. I think the international break has come at a weirdly good time for Pompey just off the back of a shaky performance against Chesterfield, the draw against Charlton, possibly gives a chance to refocus, reset, get some get some energy back in the legs again and make another push. Mm. You could turn it the other way and say, well, actually, it disrupts any attempt to stall the, the fall um, and prevent that slide. Yeah. So, I mean, it really kind of comes down to what the reaction is going to be come Saturday... And then we'll kind of have a better idea of whether this has been a good break or a bad break. Yeah. 
and uh, continuing into the break in a few moments time we're going to talk about where uh, the, the other Pompey players that are involved with this, this international break or where they're playing over the next coming days um, Cassini Yang we mentioned there for Australia they're in action tomorrow afternoon it's a 2 o'clock kickoff um, against Palestine that's uh, being played at a neutral venue in Kuwait and we're going to hear now from Pompey's Aussie sensation shall we Cassini Yengi has been speaking to the Socceroos media team after making his Australia debut on Thursday night. He called me over to start off with. I ran over, put my jersey on, and then I got told five more minutes. Had to be patient for the first appearance. But um, yeah, when he called me over, he just said to me, go out there, press, do what you do, and uh, enjoy. And uh, that's what I did. And I can tell you we are going to have a Socceroo debut. Cap number 638, Cassini Yengi. What a proud moment. It's, it's amazing, honestly. It's the, the second time he's ever watched me play football and uh, happened to be my Socceroos debut. So. I was in tears a bit, but uh, it was the tears of joy. I'm very pleased that all the years that when he was little, I was able to run around and take him to all sorts of soccer performances. It was amazing. Dream come true. Very proud moment in front of my family and friends, so very happy. I'm running around amongst players that I've watched on TV for a while now, so um, you kind of take it in, but over the next few days I'll really soak in and I'll, I'll kind of understand and appreciate what I've done. You know, when I was uh, sitting on the bench and the goals were flying in, I thought if I get on, uh, hopefully I'm going to score a goal, and all the boys were saying get on and get, get yourself a goal, so um, that's what I really wanted to do, but it didn't happen unfortunately, but I got close, so we've got another game against Palestine, so hopefully I get a goal then. Yeah, Blues, Blues forward Cassini Yengi speaking in a montage there, which also includes the heartfelt emotions of his father, who watched on as the 24-year-old made his debut off the bench for the Australian men's national team in last week's 7-0 win over Bangladesh in Melbourne, the country's first match of their World Cup 2026 qualifying campaign. We're talking about Euro 2024, Barry. They've started their World Cup 2026 <laughs> qualifying right, but, I mean, why, why is it so early? What, have they not got a bit of time? I think there's a lot of complications with the uh, the whole Oceania qualifying route and uh, they then mix in with the, the Asian qualifying route. Sure. A lot of nations on that side of the world. Yeah, I mean, that is a hell of a qualifying process. I mean, mm. do, is their last game at the World Cup their first qualifier for the next? Because that is insane. <laughs> there is possibilities for zero of the oceanic nations to make it to a world cup because if i remember correctly for the qatar world cup obviously last year yeah you're right we've only just really <laughs> stopped talking about that world cup haven't we um i, I believe it was uh, australia or new zealand australia made it to the tournament didn't they they had to play a qualifying match to get there even though they topped all their groups won all their games they still had to play a, a, a playoff match to get there on the subject still of cassini yengi though barry because i don't care about the world cup 26 just yet. Um, great to hear from him and, and how it you know, sounded and felt for, for him to make his debut, but also his dad as well. What oh, a moment. Incredible. Yeah, incre incredible for the whole family. Um, and yeah, very, very, very pleased for him. It's it's good for Pompey. Like It, it gets our name out there in uh, in, in other parts of the world. Um, and yeah, I mean, what, what a moment for him, like Joe said earlier. Absolutely go and be part of these camps, get that experience and, and, and come back you know a much a much happier more refreshed player um I, yeah i still can't get my head around why robertson didn't do the same but great for yengi and great and great for pompey as well and uh, speaking of some of the other you know pompey's other representatives during this international break uh, joe morell an unused sub away at armenia on saturday they've got um turkey at home on tuesday night and to qualify for euro 2024 20 wales need to beat turkey 
and uh, have Croatia drop points in their game against Armenia. So a tough mm. ask for for Joe Morrell and his teammates there. Um, we know, of course, Paddy Lane had been called up for Northern Ireland, withdrawn due to a knock to a calf. Terry Devlin stepped in to his place, um, but was an unused sub in Friday night's defeat away at Finland. This international break is sounding great, isn't it? All of our players, apart from Kassidi Yengi, are unused yeah. subs. Um, Sam, all broken. All broken. Sam Follerin named in uh, the Republic of Ireland under 18 squad to take on Belgium in two friendlies. First one ended in a 2 1 win for Ireland. Uh, goals for Nixon Akusen and Taylor Mooney. Uh, Sam Follerin came on in the final 15 minutes and uh, in, the, in the second friendly, they lost 4 0 at the Oliver Nova Resort in Spain on Saturday. Sam Follerin uh, playing the first half of that match withdrawn for the second one. And uh, a little later on in tonight's show, because as we've mentioned a few times tonight, we've got plenty of time to talk about stuff. Um, England away at North Macedonia tonight to round off their Euro 2024 qualifying process. Of course, the three lines have already qualified for next year's tournament in Germany, but they'll be finishing off their campaign with a trip to North Macedonia tonight. But if you are stuck for something to watch tonight, with a lack of, of course, Premier League and Football League um, action this evening, um, not to advise you not to watch England, but if you want something of a bit more maybe entertainment Ukraine versus Italy tonight yeah they are locked on points that's going to be good that matters that does matter only goal difference separates the two teams or two nations uh, Italy have the better goal difference so it quite literally is tonight you win you're, you're, you're through to the Euros and this could Barry potentially be a second consecutive major tournament Italy miss out on it's a playoff essentially isn't it really yeah. Um, and yeah fingers crossed Zinchenko and co get the job done and Italy can sit home yet again and also watch it for the little foible that um, Jorginho has missed his last three penalties for Italy mm. um, and his agent as recently as today has said well that's because penalties are getting harder to score especially when you do a little hop skip and a jump yeah so there, there are plenty of little uh, little twists and tails in that, in that game what so is he saying he's got harder specifically physically scoring penalties how yeah. It's not further out. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger keepers? I don't know. Yeah, keep, keepers are better, and that's bad for football. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what the message. What is he talking about? That's the message. If you want smaller keepers, sign me up. I'll, <laughs> I'll happily take the brunt of it. Give me all that money. I'll do it. I'm only five foot five. Are you five foot five? Just. That's impressive. Yeah, right. cheers, Barry. Right, time for a quick break now. But when we return, we'll uh, we're going to ditch Barry, and we're going to pick up from where we left off and get a reaction to yesterday's Hampshire Cup defeat for the Pompey women away at AFC Bournemouth. We said about our details. I think out of possession, we we needed to get tighter to them on the press. So when we did adapt the press, um, we were able to keep them in their half and force them into errors, which we did. But we didn't then use that and create anything of note from it. We'll hear more from Jay Sadler there and, of course, more from Barry and Joe when the Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. 
Welcome back to 93.7 Express FM, where you're listening to the Football Hour, driven to you this season by Stagecoach South. Myself, Jake Smith, in the company of Barry Clements and Joe Wood, uh, with you up until 7 o'clock this evening, which is when Jeff Dorsett returns with this week's edition of the Soft Rock Show. But before we get our rock on, still plenty to, of football to delve into, apparently. Um, Joe, on Saturday there were a total, not one, <laughs> two... League One fixtures taking place. Yeah, packed schedule. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure ITV Football still gave the Championship an hour's worth of content, <laughs> even though there wasn't any games. Um, moving on, Blackpool, four 0 winners over Shrewsbury. Um, of course, Pompey take on Blackpool this Saturday at Fratton Park. Not a game we're particularly going to preview in greater detail tonight because we've got Friday to do that. But in the knowledge that Blackpool have consistently have matches they go into the game off the back of a quite a big win over doesn't matter who it's against it's a big win yeah do you think who do you think is going to have the upper hand here would it be John Messino's side or would it be Neil Critchley's side I don't, I, I don't like saying this sort of thing but I think Blackpool probably have the the upper hand there mm. um, if they'd have gone and lost that game yeah. the 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 optics are completely different. The way they're entering that game is completely different. Pompey probably look at it as a as an opportunity. Um, now I think if you if you're Blackpool, you're saying, well, we're on a bit of a roll. This they haven't played in uh, ten days, two weeks. This is our chance to get at them. So it, it is completely different given the context of last last week's result. Um, look, saying all that, Pompey could go out there and beat them three 0 It. it, it you know, this is this isn't the same Pompey side that we've been that we've been used to in previous seasons. So, you know, as much as I think they do have a a slight advantage, it, it really is up to Pompey what they do with that. Yeah, and Barry, it was a result that Blackpool needed uh, prior to that four 0 win over Shrewsbury. They'd gone three games without to win. Uh, recently relegated from the Championship, of course, twenty third last season, uh, five points adrift of safety side which over the last couple of years have not yo-yoed in like some teams do like your Wiggins and your Rotherham's but they have been up they have been down they're expected to be there or thereabouts towards the end of the campaign are there a threat to you 18 matches played seven wins six draws five defeats that's a relatively even record yeah I mean they, they are a threat you've only got to look historically you know, teams from around mid-table have made late pushes as well. Um, and it's only November. It is only November. They've got they've got plenty of time to do it. They are, you know, they've still got the majority of their championship players. I don't think they lost masses over the summer. So, yeah, of course they're a threat, and of course they are going to be dangerous on on Saturday. Um, but I think Pompey have enough about them to to get the job done. And also they do have Owen Dale, so I would argue we do have the upper hand. <laughs> Wow. He runs a lot, though. <laughs> he does run a lot, to be fair to him. He's actually been on decent form this season. And he's not a bad player. I'm, only, not a bad player. Yeah, I'm only joking. Bless him. Stevenage, 1-0 winners over Lincoln City. They are fourth in League One. 32 points, uh, just three points adrift of Oxford United in second. However, um, pretty much all of the sides around Stevenage have played two games fewer. Um, so, likely provisionally just outside the playoff places, Stevenage. But nonetheless, Joe's still a, a great season they're having already under, under Steve Evans. Their first season back having been promoted from League Two. Yeah, just quietly going about their business, yeah. aren't they? Picking up wins and, and doing reasonably well. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't know. I think that if you 
I'm, I don't know many Stevenage fans. I don't know anybody that would. Um, but if you, I think if you probably asked them at the beginning of the year, would you be? What would you be happy with? I think staying up would have been the the first mm. part of that equation. And you, uh, and you can't knock them for thinking like that. But now, looking at where they're at, possibly the ambitions have have changed. And you know, this division hasn't got. The, the giants that it previously had, you know, we're seeing that with with Pompey not having to deal with the likes of Ipswich, Plymouth, and all that Sheffield lot. Wednesday, Sheffield Ipswich, Wednesday, Ipswich. Ipswich. Yeah, you're not Blackburn, having to deal with them ago. anymore. So for someone to go back-to-back, it's probably easier than it's been for the last five years. Yeah. So don't look in the rear-view mirror, Pompey, but, you know, just be aware that respect that's a thing them. that's happening. Yeah, absolutely respect them. I mean... If I have to see that colossal man fist pumping <laughs> their four fans again, I'm going to blow my brains out. But they have to be respected. And yeah, absolutely, they're, they're doing incredibly well. And props to them for it. Pompey weren't able to beat them at Blamick Stadium no. back in August. 0 0 draw, of course, between uh, Pompey and Stevenage back at the start of the season. So yeah, potentially a, a threat to be reckoned with uh, this season, Stevenage. Will they keep it up? Time uh, will only tell. Um, looking down towards the, the other end of the table, Charlton in 11th. That's not really a surprise. Maybe a big fish in a, well, not really a small pond anymore, but they've just been mid-table obscurity for a number of seasons now. Not that it's got Pompey any better because they've had a season in the championship since all of that. But anyway, uh, Reading down at the bottom, seven points, Joe. Ten yeah. points adrift to safety. We know they've got their off-field issues. We know they've had um, points deducted. They have, which is, is, is great to hear, regardless of all the banter the other week. Um, absolutely is great to hear. They have paid their last HMRC tax bill. Good. So good to see that they are somewhat getting back on their feet. Um, but still a long way to go, of course, for Reading. Could potentially be, most likely be playing uh, League 2 football next season. Um I do want to ask you though, Joe, Wigan Athletic, one of those teams that whenever they're in League One, they seem to have their issues off the field every single time, but they always... Just weird, isn't it? They always go up. Um, they're currently 18th. Yeah, I think this is going to be more difficult for them than it has been previously. Um, their issues in the last 12, 18 months have been quite well documented. Um, but again... You know, if they, if they stay up, there's nothing stopping them from in two two years' time, three years' time, just being again back into the middle of the championship, back in the back where you, we've sort of got used to seeing them for the last ten ten or so years. So yeah, they're they're, they're a funny funny sort of uh, almost yo-yo club. Yeah. Um, I do want to come back to Reading though because it, it, I think the thing with Reading is it's not just the off-field stuff that's causing the issue. I mean, they went two nil up. Against Pompey. Well, another issue. They got Ruben Sennett in the dugout. And then this kind of is it. They went 2 0 up and then they lost 3 2. You know, you kind of. You can have bad off the field stuff happening, but that's when you really need to be at your absolute best as a, as a footballing entity to keep it all together, to keep it ticking over. And that's the battle that Everton yeah. are going to have now as well. Um, but when you go 2 0 up, you cannot afford to then go and lose that game. If you go and draw it, you, you've still drawn with the top of the table side. Mm. But to then go and lose it in the manner in which they did, yeah. which was nothing short of a capitulation, you've 
that would concern me if I was a Reading fan massively. And it's not as if they got bad players. I mean, the squad they recruited pretty well. No, it was, it was heavy recruitment before the embargo, of course, was um, was first placed. Um, moving on to other sides that could potentially be coming down from the Premier League, Barry. Um, Joe's mentioned one of them there, Everton, with, uh, my opinion, a bit of an un- a harsh 10-point deduction, given the fact that Manchester City have 115 impending uh, financial fair play charges uh, held against them. It's a different story. Can't wait for their 1,150-point deduction. Well, this is it, because news has surfaced this, re- this week, albeit paper talk, I'm not sure how much you can get from that. But potentially there could be heavier implications for the likes of Manchester City and Chelsea, given their monumental spending over the last couple of seasons. Could Pompey be in the Championship next season? That would be a start. But could they be going to Stamford Bridge, Goodison Park? Well, no, not even Goodison Park, but Bramley Moor Dock Stadium mm. now. If they finish it. If they finish it. Stamford Bridge and, and, and the Etihad, that would be pretty phenomenal, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, no. But it, it could, it, it could yeah, but something it... feasibly could happen. It depends how, it depends how uh, harsh they want to be. You know, if if they go down the same route that Serie A did with Juve and things like that back in back in the day. But yeah, it, it's not going to be a relegation. It just won't be in our in at our level. They want Man City to keep doing things in Europe, and they want Chelsea to to to, to bounce back as quickly as possible. But. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see the route that they do go, and I can see Joe itching to talk on this subject. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's, it is harsh on Everton. They they obviously don't believe they've breached financial fair play to the degree that Chelsea and Manchester mm. City have. But we are, what, three years removed from six sides deciding that they wanted to go and mm. do their own football thing. And what was the penalty for that? It was financial. Yeah. So to to have somebody potentially disrupt the entire footballing pyramid and ethos of this country and just go, ah, just pay a few quid, and then have somebody who's potentially overspent and has cooperated with them, uh, with the Premier League at this at this point in time, as far as we're, we're aware, to then put them, to dock them 10 points, yeah. whilst these, these super sides that decided that they were going to just do their own thing... Which was outside the agreement of the Premier League, got nothing. It is it's absurd, it's and also, it's an injustice to to Everton. To be quite frank, it's also worth noting with Chelsea specifically, they raised the issue with FFP. So it was them mm. that said our accounts don't look great from the previous yeah. regime. So yeah, with the Man City one, I absolutely agree with you. Chelsea, okay, they're, they're, you could argue it was them trying to protect themselves, but yeah, they they raised it. But yeah, it is it is. It seems very harsh at the moment. Yeah, you feel very bad for, well, I, I do, Everton fans anyway. They've had a, lot, a few off-field issues over the last couple of years and, of course, they've been fighting relegation for the last couple of seasons. So to be handed a 10-point deduction uh, during the campaign, they're probably expecting to be fighting for survival again. T- to essentially be told, Barry, um, that they've, they've breached financial fair play regulations and rules and that money that they've supposedly overspent hasn't even got them anywhere. Mm. <laughs> At least with Manchester City, they've won leagues upon leagues and Champions Leagues and whatnot. Everton has supposedly spent up his money and still been up the bottom. Well, this is it. If, they, if they'd had this points deduction last season, they'd have been relegated. Yeah. Still wouldn't have finished bottom because someone else finished bottom just down the road. But <laughs> they, would have, they would have been relegated. Um, so, yeah, like you, like you quite rightly say, they've got nothing to show for this supposed breach of financial fair play on this on this this sort of thing though to lose those 10 points i would i would argue two things firstly this is the right time to get that 
Yeah. If, if, if it's yeah. going to have to happen, get it early, because then you can sort of claw your way out. And secondly, this might actually be the season to take that points deduction because there are four or five teams down there in that in that league at the moment that just don't look like they're up to up to speed and you might be able to get out of it even though you've had that yeah. 10 point deduction well they've, they've had it this early in the season they're still not bottom that yeah. says a lot yeah well if you look at the uh, the, the premier league table and uh, currently the bottom burnley with four points as with everton as well but with their point deduction burnley on four points only one win in 12 so far this season they currently have two points fewer than derby county did in the season, may only achieved eleven in that record low. <laughs> not to say they're going to they're going to beat that or yeah, well, not beat that. Also, Sheffield United, they've only got five points. That is less than Derby Luton, six points. So you, I think, it just emphasises your point that the quality at the bottom in the Premier League this season is is dramatically worse than uh, previous campaigns. But, but but they're also teams that don't look like they're going to win. No, we've we've seen teams before in the Premier League in League One. In, however, that you go, they could play for six months and not score. Well, between between Luton, Sheffield United, and Burnley, the three teams that actually came up from the Championship, thirty-six games played, and only three victories between them. Yeah, yeah. If you have just joined us, by the way, this is the Football <laughs> Hour on Express FM, local radio for Portsmouth. We are talking about the <laughs> Premier League and uh, financial implications for those um, at the top and getting away with things. If but... any club is is justified yeah. in talking about points deductions yeah. in the Premier League, it is us. Yeah. It's our time to shine. Um, well, not shine. I don't want to point to the action. But yes, no, this is the football hour on Express FM. Uh, we have not a lot to talk about because Pompey have not been in action for, for around about 10 days. And we've only got a couple of days until they next are uh, contending with League One matters. Blackpool visit Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. As always, Pompey fans, we are still keen to hear from you on the show tonight. Send us a text, 81400, the number you need to direct those to, starting with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or find us over on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We're going to get to a few of those shortly, but not before we take a few moments to turn our attention to the Pompey women. Just over a week ago, the Blues recorded an emphatic 9-1 victory away at Fulham in the first round of the FA Cup, setting up a trip to Ebbsfleet United in round two. That game takes place this coming Sunday. But in between both of those ties, the girls had another cup competition on their minds, the Hampshire Cup. Portsmouth had dominated this tournament for 15 consecutive seasons prior to the last campaign when they were dumped out by AFC Bournemouth. This season, the Blues and the Cherries met once more, this time in the second round. However, Pompey were unable to get their revenge on a Bournemouth side containing former Portsmouth players Gemma Hillier, Katie James and Shannon Albury. The hosts ran out 1-0 winners at Ringwood Town's Long Lane on Sunday afternoon thanks to a second-half goal from Lucy Cooper with just 11 minutes left on the clock. And after the game, Pompey head coach Jay Sadler gave his assessment to Max Swatton. Well, Jay, a 1-0 defeat at Bournemouth. What do you put that defeat down to? Obviously disappointed, uh, more so with the performance um, as well as the result. I think football is about desire, decisions and details. I won't question the desire from the players, the application. Um, however, in games, you can maybe get away with poor detail or poor decision. You can't get away with both. Um, we weren't good enough today. Um, we played a Bournemouth team that were aggressive, um, that were on the front foot, that, that won a fair share of their first duels. And if they didn't win the first, they definitely won the second. Um, 
and it probably startled us. Um, probably took us a little bit of time to get into our rhythm in that first half. Um, I don't think we used the size of the pitch. We've been speaking about it all week, how we can get switches through our double pivot um, and then execute on the far side. I think too many players took too many touches, too many players play with blinkers on and play forward and, and ultimately we weren't good, na- good enough in that first half. But neither team really tested um, the keeper. It was a game of midfield and then in the second half the game became transitional. It came exactly what we expected, end to end. Um, they've had their moment, they've taken it on the transition. We have and have many moments and ultimately we've, we've lost the game. As you said, not a good enough first half. How did that sort of impact your, your, your message at, at half-time? Well, we, we spoke about it. Um, we said about our details. I think out of possession we, we needed to get tighter to them on the press. So when we did adapt the press, um, we were able to keep them in their half and, and, and force them into errors, which we did, but we didn't, te- we didn't, we didn't then use that um, and create anything of note from it. Um, we also needed just unit distances between units. Um, I think it was the reverse. I think out of possession we were, we were probably too big within our distances, and in possession we were we were too tight. Um, we needed to open up. We needed to disperse quicker on the transition, and then offer support. Um, when we did found, or when we did find ways to break um, over the halfway line into the final third, it was some real good combination play down the wide areas, trying to use the nine. But if we're going to play off M Pittman, we've we've got to look at the profile of M and, and work to her strengths and her super strengths, which is spinning and running in behind. Yet we're, we're trying to set off her and use her as a wall. Um, and yeah, just second half, we've obviously brought on players to try and change the game, change the system up, um, try and create a chance. We, we've created a half-cut chance with Beth on a left foot outside a box. But ultimately, we, we weren't good enough today. Um, Bournemouth were, were better than us. Um, but ultimately, we, we don't necessarily look at it from a... or compare us to the opposition. We'll compare us to us. We weren't us today. It's as simple as we weren't us today. Um, and we need to pick it up now and, and, and we need to learn from it. Straight back into action next week in the FA Cup. How can the group bounce back from this one? Well, they need. A, I think we need to play with a. Well, we need to find a bit of bravery. Um, we need to, and a little bit of mentality. I'd say. Um, how can we become mentality monsters? How can we come to games like this, pitches like this, against any team, lower or or higher, and go? Do you know what? We've got the belief. We've got the quality. We we're going to come here and we're going to show you what we're about. And today we didn't do that. So we've got to look at how we can do that from the backroom staff all the way to the, to the playing squad. Um, this one is a, a kind of a, a joint responsibility. And now it's about each of us reflecting on it, account, being accountable for our own actions, um, learning from it, because it can't get much worse than today in terms of our performances. If we hold our standards here, this is probably the, the lowest of the season so far. So we've got to dust ourselves down. This group's too good. Too much quality in this group. There's too much um, cohesion within this group for this result to affect. However, us for too long. However, we've got to use it now as, as motivation. We've got to use it as energy and um, bounce straight back against what again will be a difficult team in Ebbsfleet. They're they're playing in a lower league. But what this result shows to every team that we are beatable, and it shows to us that we're not unbeatable. But we've got to get to them levels because we know we can be, and that's the challenge for this group from now to the end of the season. Yeah, the very honest uh, post-match thoughts of Jay Sadler there following yesterday's uh, Hampshire Cup defeat away at AFC Bournemouth, who progressed to round three, dumping Pompey out of the competition for a second season running. Next up for the Blues, as we mentioned earlier, a trip to Ebbsfleet United in the second round of the 
FA Cup this coming Sunday. That's a two o'clock kickoff at the Cufflink Stadium, and Pompey Live will be covering that game here on Express FM from 1 pm. Robbie James, Matt Drabble, and Henry Deacon providing commentary um, at Ebbs Fleet United for that one. Um, before we do head into the uh, final ad break of the night, time's actually flown by. Um, <laughs> we've had that discussion part two. Uh, Joe, you had a bit of a quirky stat you wanted to share. Yeah, um, we were talking about the the Premier League teams that that, and you you were going oh we're a Pompey based show. Um, Yakubu is the only player to have played for every Premier League side that has had a points deduction. That's good of him, isn't it? Uh, so it's Pompey, Middlesbrough, and Everton. Everton, yeah. So there are the three. Not to there mention as well, you, I think you said Coventry and yeah, Reading. He, he also played for Coventry and Reading, who have had points deductions in other divisions. Which is unfortunate. I mean, I don't think it's a curse yet, but we'll see who else ends up with a points deduction. All right, there we go. Joe, thank you very much. Barry, we'll come back to both of you in just a few moments' time, but we are just approaching quarter to seven now, so that means it's time for one last ad break in just a few moments. But Football Hour returns for the third and final time tonight. Stick around for the conclusion coming up next. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Good evening. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour, supported by Stagecoach Across the South. Head on over to stagecoachbus.com for more information or download the app for live timing information and to prepay for your ticket too. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Barry Clements and Joe Wood from the 1898 blog on social media. Um, as we've got a bit of time to fill... Um, Barry, not that I'm not interested anyway, but I am. For those listening who are hearing, oh, these guys are from the 1898. Who are they? What is the 1898? Enlighten us. What, what do you guys do? Yeah, it's a it's a hub we started about two years ago um, for all things Pompey. Really, um, we wanted to make sure there was no no paywalls, no nothing like that. Um, there's no adverts or anything like that on there. Um, it's just opinion pieces, news pieces um, from various different people. You know, throughout throughout the Pompey world. You know, we've had obviously Joe contributes a lot and, and is on there regularly. Um, myself, we've had um, Ryan Stillwell's done stuff before. It's basically just as much Pompey opinion and news as we can as we can generate without getting paid for it, really. Brilliant. Uh, on to the, the the Pompey talk, then, Joe. Um, we spoke at the top of the show, obviously mentioning Regan Paul out injured for the rest of the season, ACL. <sighs> Horrific news. Yeah, not we good. All, we all feared it. Um, you know, happening to anyone in this squad, but let alone someone who's made such an impact at the start of the season. Um, who replaces him for the upcoming League One fixtures? You've got Sean Raggett, Riley Taylor, Connor Ogilvie potentially returning back from injury as well. Could be too soon for Ogilvie. Yeah. That'd be my only my only thing. Um, and I actually prefer Ogilvie as a as a defensive left back mm-hmm. personally. Um, I think he looks a lot more comfortable there than he has centre half. Um, the Sean Raggett thing, I. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on this one. I just never feel that comfortable when he's on the on the ball. It always makes me feel deeply uncomfortable that we are like 
two touches away from utter disaster. Um, and there was a quote, and I can't remember who in the Pompey hierarchy said it, but they said that Sean Raggett would get in most League One sides. Mm. And they're not wrong. Yeah, It's just Sean Raggett doesn't get in most League One title-winning sides. And that's the problem. Yeah. I, with Sean Raggett, Barry... Um, Solid defender, as Joe mentions. When you, when you need him, he will be there. He'll put his heart on the line. He's a no-nonsense defender. He'll let the ball away numerous times throughout a game. But as as Joe's alluding to, do you kind of get on board with the fact that the difference between Pompey and promotion this season is a ball-playing centre-back and maybe a more comfortable one? Yeah, look, I mean, I think I've said to you before, Joe, Sean Raggett is a great squad player to have. Absolutely, if you are 1-0 yeah, up with 15 minutes to go and the opposition chucks on a lump to pump the ball to Raggett is phenomenal <laughs> to have yeah I mean he's had a fight he's had a fight with the North Stand when it was concrete and won <laughs> yeah. he he is a great squad player to have we've got things in common I've had fights with concrete and won <laughs> yeah, exactly you know um, I mean you said you're 5 foot 5 I wouldn't put you at centre back but Raggett is a great <laughs> is a great squad player to have but you are right he is not he's not your starting centre back for a, an extended period of time um it feels at the moment it feels very similar to 1819 we've lost a crucial player at a crucial time when we're top of the table it's how we respond to that we didn't respond great in 1819 i really hope that we can respond it's better this sim- time yeah similar sort of pattern up the top of the table losing such a, such a key player falling in love with lone players yeah whatever well, start of the season we all said nope who happened to wear the number eight <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah, brilliant. This Do you know that after sixteen games in eighteen nineteen, we had thirty five points, and this year obviously we've got thirty six points. Ah, so it's very very similar. And eighteen nineteen, we achieved eighty eight points in total. Yeah, and only missed out on the automatics by two points. Yeah. I want to say. So yeah, could be the difference that one extra point. Could be. Yeah, could but be we've also difference. lost that key player a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. It'll be fine. I think the squad is good enough. I think having Towler, having Raga, having Ogilvy all being able to, it just depends if uh, the special John wants to play Shaughnessy on the right-hand side rather than the yeah. left where he seems to favour him. Of course, Sean Raggett and Riley Towler are two options. We'd look to be replacing Regan Paul on Saturday. We also mentioned Conor Ogilvy could, maybe too early, more of a left-back, we know that, but with Jack Sparks in the form he's in, maybe we'll see him at a left-sided centre-half role at some point this season. Regardless, those two or three options, Joe... Are they good enough to be providing permanent solutions to that gap? Or is it inevitable, and I know we're going to come on to the quote in a minute, but Pompey are going to sign a centre-half in January? I think you've got to at least make inquiries about the position in January because there aren't enough, just Mm. quantity-wise. I think we've currently got three fit centre-halves. That's not enough. No. That's not enough to play a two-centre-half system. That's not enough to play a three-centre-half system. You've got to go and get someone. Um, unless you've got a plan to play a player slightly out of their their regular position. Um, I don't really know that there are any options that immediately spring to mind. Um, I think you could possibly put Marlon Pack in there if you were playing against a, a, a team that you expected to have a lot more of the ball against. But... I don't know. I, I think you've got to go and get someone in January. It's a question we, we spoke about it off air and, um, last week, Barry, but I want to ask you, um, don't laugh, please. Matt Clark, currently in Middlesbrough. He's had 
real bad luck with injuries over the last year or two, so that doesn't bode well for Pompey. Of course, it's not the kind of player you want to go for when you're looking to maintain your, your position at the top of the table and get in a solid centre-back. But would you? <laughs> it, it, it's something, funny enough, I, I texted to the man on my right when, when the news came out. <laughs> because he's not getting games from Middlesbrough at the moment because they're on form. He's, he's just not... come back from injury, can't get into the team. He needs a loan spell. He does need a loan spell and we could offer that. We could offer that. I'd want, I'd want him to keep playing as much under-21s football as he can until January because we do still have a month and a half. Yeah. So I'd want him to get at least five or six games under his belt where possible. Um but yeah, absolutely. He's an option that that plugs an obvious hole that that we have. He is a player very similar to Regan Paul in the way that in the way that he plays. Again, you'd need Shaughnessy to move to that right hand side, which Massinho mm. seems hesitant to do. But absolutely, he could do a very very good job for us. We know his qualities. And your acclimatization period for him is a lot shorter than. Oh, yeah, any of the other temporary options you're getting you're talking maybe like three or four weeks to get to know the city for somebody that's coming coming in from elsewhere mm. he already knows where he wants to go and have a cup of coffee he already knows all these different little the little stuff that isn't necessarily the stuff that you see on a Saturday mm-hmm. it's all the other stuff around mm. the, the, the city it's a lot quicker and somebody who did get me a bit excited at the Charlton game last Saturday when, of course, we found out about the, uh, the Regan Paul news was, uh, was the fact that Jack Watmore was attend- in attendance at Fratton Park. I, I, I had a brief moment of um, just you know a brain fart where I just completely forgot where Jack Watmore was because nobody left Wigan during the summer because they were you know failing to pay wages. He left Wigan um, towards the end of last season. But now he's at Preston North End in the Championship. They in had the it, playoffs they, as well. In the playoffs. Yeah. And I thought, why is he, he, he... No, there must be a reason why he's here. You know, you, you're connecting all the dots. And then I realised Preston played on a Friday night. Yeah. So, Jack Watmore's not coming back, but maybe Matt Clark could. Um, we have a text. <gasps> Shane in Wimmering says, Pompey need to sign a quality centre-half and a left-winger in January if we're going to go up this season. Um, Joe, we, we spoke about the centre-back situation. A winger, Josh Martin's recently signed until mid-January. We know he's been trading with the club for a number of weeks. Is, is that still a role you'd like to see John Massino fulfil? Yeah, we've got to see what Josh Martin is first before we kind of say, oh, we've got to go and get a left winger. Um, if Josh Martin isn't the answer, then 100%. Because, and I, I haven't, I won't criticise Rich Hughes too much, but the one that I personally feel, or the two that I think he's got wrong, are Scully and White. I don't think they're providing what we initially expected them to provide. The concern for me is that Gavin White's on a three-year deal. That worries me. Two words for you, Barry. Ronan Curtis? Don't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we did an article on this on the 1898, the 1898 Um And, yeah... It, it, it seems to me that bringing Josh Martin in might have spelled the end for 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 Ronan. Um, I also don't necessarily think it would be a bad thing to for for both parties. I think it'd be good for Ronan to to move, move on. on and find and find a new club, and I think it'd be good for Pompey to do the same. Um, you know, he's he's he has been a great servant for us over the over the years. But contrary maybe to to the to the Matt Clark comment earlier, but I think moving on is not necessarily a bad thing um, and and see what else is available you don't know what loans are going to become available in January, you don't know what players are going to be out in the cold at, at championship clubs in January, it isn't as big a deal as it is in the Premier League where you're sort of searching around for, for any old thing uh, in January for us, 
there might be an opportunity that presents itself and we know that Rich Hughes and, and, and the likes will be happy to take it. And just a quick note as well, um, we, we know that Phil Boardman, one of the uh, members of the backroom staff, has been linked with a move away to a Premier League club. That move currently on hold, so Phil Boardman, who is uh, quite integral to Pompey's recruitment drive, um, so we hear, according to our friends and colleagues at the Ports of News, is set to stay um, at least to try and help Portsmouth through the January transfer window. So I guess that's a bit of a, a, bit of a positive spin on things, uh, Pompey not losing a, a key member of the backroom staff for that. Looking ahead to the upcoming fixtures then, of course, Saturday afternoon at Fratton Park, 25th November, 3 o'clock kickoff. Blackpool make the trip down to the south coast. It's the Battle of the Seasiders. Burton Albion away next Tuesday night at the Pirelli Stadium because Pompey versus Burton Albion goes synonymous with a midweek game, whether it's home or away. December, said Saturday the 2nd, I'll get my teeth in just a moment, Northampton Town away, that game originally pencilled in for September, postponed due to the international break, has been rescheduled for Saturday the 2nd of December. Um, kudos to the EFL for, for making their minds up on that one. It's the FA Cup second round weekend, perfect opportunity with both clubs out. Um, in the first round, Bolton at Fratton Park on Monday, the 11th of December. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff. That one's on Sky Sports, but of course, you want to listen to Pompey Live here on Express FM for all your coverage. Shrewsbury away at the Crowd Meadow on Saturday, the 16th of December. Fleetwood at home, the final game before Christmas on the 23rd. And then Bristol Rovers and Exeter City, two back to back away games for the Blues on Boxing Day and the 29th of December, respectively. Right, that is, uh, I'm afraid, all we've got time for tonight. That's it's absolutely flown by, uh, despite having nothing to talk about we filled it well we filled it well done all right, we did yeah. we done very well we done very well just call us the polyfiller squad <laughs> I like that <laughs> I mean you've just got the name for the podcast realistically we're the international call ups we are the yeah, international call ups I mean it. you look like Conor Ogilvy if that helps <laughs> maybe he'll get the call up next time Barry thank you very much for tonight mate Thank you very much for having me, Jake, as always. Pleasure as always. Joe, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. Well, that's all we've got time for tonight, but we'll be back on Friday evening to preview, yep, preview a Pompey game. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. Portsmouth were held to just a point in an end-to-end encounter with Charlton at Fratton Park. And Charlton have equalised. Norris beaten it in near post. It's Conor McGrandall's first go for Charlton. Portsmouth 2, Charlton 2. The Blues return to League One action next on 25th of November when they host Blackpool. We will, of course, have you covered for that one from 2 o'clock. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yep, that's right. Pompey return from the international break. Blackpool are the opponents as John Messino's side look to maintain their position at the top of Skybet League One. And of course, their unbeaten start to the campaign. It is match day number 17 of this current League One season. Pompey currently on a 27 league game unbeaten streak. Can they extend that to 28 and of course maintain their position at the top of the table? Time will tell. We'll find out on Saturday afternoon here on Express FM. Pompey Live returns from 2 o'clock at Fratton Park. But before then of course we've got another rendition of the Football Hour this Friday evening from usual time of 6 o'clock. I'll be joined alongside two more Blues fans to preview the trip or the visit rather of the Seasiders on Saturday afternoon but coming up here on Express FM between now and then we've got the Soft Rock Show with Jeff Dorsett right after the news at 7 o'clock he'll be talking to Andy Taylor from Duran Duran that 80 show with Kevin Stokes returns between 9 and 11pm this evening with Express Hits with Josh Bowness seeing you through to the early hours of Tuesday morning Over the White Line returns this Wednesday evening from 6 but of course your next Pompey Fix on Friday night from 6pm we'll have the Preview of the visit of Blackpool on Saturday and 
some exclusive interviews as well, including a very, very special guest. It's going to be brilliant. You could say it's going to be unbelievable. Thank you. Good night and take care.